Hi, and welcome to This is Oro Valley, a podcast where we explore the exciting people and services that make the town of Oro Valley the vibrant community that it is. I'm Mary Jacobs, town manager, and with me today is Water Utility Director Peter Abraham. Peter, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mary. Very nice to be here. Well, we're going to be talking about the town's water utility today with Peter. This is obviously an important topic when you factor the challenges of our desert environment and also our increasing population. So, Peter, I always like to take an opportunity to let our listeners, our community, learn a little bit about the folks who are serving them here in Oro Valley. So um, tell, tell our community a little bit about your background and how you came to be involved in municipal waterworks. It seems like such a unique field. Well, well, thank you, Mary. Um, well, Mary, I grew up right here in uh, southern Arizona. In fact, uh, my parents, they still live in the home I grew up in just a few miles from Town Hall. I think having uh, grown up in the beautiful desert of the Southwest, I understood early on the importance of having a, an abundant and reliable water resource. Um, I saw how it achieved community sustainability. And I really think that having this early appreciation for water resources led me to the career I have uh, today. So after I graduated from the university, I found employment with the City of Tucson Water Department. Uh, it was there that I earned my uh, professional registration license and the world of municipal waterworks really opened up to me. Uh, I spent two, a little over two decades there uh, learning about production, distribution, construction, water quality, uh, the financial side of municipal waterworks. Uh, as fate would have it, uh, after a little over two decades, I found myself uh, working for the town of Oral Valley and uh, serving now as our community's water utility director, and I'm happy to be here. Well, and we didn't hire you as the director. You came on board as our um, engineering manager in water. Is that right? That, that's correct, Mary. Yes. Uh, I first came over, I was hired as the, the water utilities engineering manager. Um, I filled that role for 18 months, uh, at which time the utilities, uh, uh, my predecessor, the water utility director, uh, retired. Um, I applied for the position and had the good fortune to be selected and have been really enjoying the challenging and rewarding work that it is. When Oro Valley originally incorporated, there was no water department. And in fact, I think it's only been, what, 20, 25 years since we had our own water utility? Tell our listeners how that came about. Prior to the creation of the water utility, uh, the town was served uh, by private water companies. Um, the town purchased uh, the two private water companies, effectively creating uh, the water utility, and that was about 25 years ago. Why, why do you think it's important for the municipality to be the water provider as opposed to private companies? Why do you think, you know, not having been here, either you or I at the time that happened, that, um, you know, the council decided to move forward with that, what what benefit does that provide to our residents? You know, I think it makes a lot of sense uh, for the town to have a water utility. Um, let's let's be honest. The the water resources is the lifeblood of this community, and to have it under the purview of this town's elected body, 
uh, really provides that, that consistent message and direction. Uh, I think it makes a lot of sense, and I think it ensures uh, this community's sustainability. Peter, what, what are the resources that the utility provides to the community? Obviously, water, right? But, but we don't just have plain water. We have, we've got reclaimed water, and um, I think there's a, there's a debate. Is it potable or potable water? Is that like potato or potato, yeah, right? Tomato or tomato. Toma yeah, right? <laughs> so this town's water utility, this community has a, a diverse water resource portfolio. Um, there was a time when the town was solely dependent on groundwater. In fact, this town was built on groundwater. Uh, but that isn't sustainable. So beginning in 2005, the town started delivering reclaimed water to turf and irrigation customers, and that was a big deal. That was literally, uh, you know, nearly 30 percent uh, a reduction in groundwater usage by delivering reclaimed effluent to turf customers. And then beginning in 2012, we started delivering a portion, a portion of our CAP, our Central Arizona Project Water entitlement to the community. And of course, we still have groundwater. So three sources of supply, groundwater, Central Arizona Project water, uh, and reclaimed water. You know, and you talk about portfolio, Peter. Uh, it really is an interesting portfolio where we get our water from. We have this you know, allocation. So we get so many acre feet and I'll let you explain to our, our listeners again what, a, what an acre foot is so that they can envision it. One, correct me if I'm wrong, one foot of water over one acre of land. Is that about right? That's correct. All right. See, I've been paying attention all this time working with you. <laughs> but uh, we have this allocation, and that CAP water comes from where? Describe CAP water. So our CAP water, it, it, it begins its journey about 1,500 miles away in the Rocky Mountains. We call, we're affectionately refer to those, that area as the upper basin states, the, the states that provide those beautiful mountain ranges where the snow falls. When that snow melts, that water makes its way uh, through Colorado, you know, Wyoming, Nevada, uh, Arizona. Once it gets to Arizona, uh, a very important reservoir is uh, Lake Mead. And that's where the CAP, uh, near where the CAP starts and begins its 336 mile journey to Southern Arizona. And Mary, I'd like to add to give context to this term of, of one acre foot, which is one acre of land with one foot of water on it. It's an agricultural term. And it equals approximately 326,000 gallons, or better yet, in Oro Valley, one acre foot can serve between three and four residential homes for a year. So there's to give you some, some context on, on what, a, what an acre foot is. So how many acre feet of water are we allocated by the Central Arizona project that we could potentially use here in Oro Valley, and how much are we using? The town has an allocation of CAP water of 10,305 acre feet. It's very precise. 
Wow, that's the engineer in me, right? <laughs> and, and, and just last year, uh, we delivered close to 2,600 acre feet of that allocation. So you can see, uh, we, we, we don't come near to delivering all of our CAP allocation. So where does the rest of that 8,000 and change uh, acre feet go? Great question and an important question. So it goes to two places. One is since the 1980 Groundwater Management Act of the state of Arizona, we have to replace the groundwater we pump somewhere within what we call our Tucson Active Management Area, somewhere within our aquifer. So a portion of that allocation goes to replenish the aquifer and it stays there. What's left over between two and 3,000 acre feet a year, we store underground in nearby underground storage facilities for future use if we need it. It's physically available. And we have uh, storage facilities all throughout uh, our aquifer where we're storing water uh, if we need it for future use. And we have the means to recover that water. That's great. And these aren't these aren't actual tanks. This is just the ground where where um, these locations have been identified geologically as a good place to store this water. Where are those? Uh, and that's, you're, you're right on the money, Mary. So uh, typically they're uh, west of uh, the greater Tucson area in Avra Valley. Uh, if you've ever you know, flown in or out of Tucson, or have been to the Desert Museum and look to the west, you see these, looks like large ponds or lakes uh, in the Avra Valley Basin. Those are actually the, the recharge storage facilities where the geology is such that recharge is very favorable and the groundwater moves very slowly. So whatever water we put in the ground there pretty much stays there. It, it, doesn't, uh, it doesn't just zip away. It, it, it moves very slowly and, and it stays there. But, um, and Avra Valley is, is where we have most of our storage facilities. But we do have plans to increase the amount of CAP water, of this allocation that we don't need to, to store, to use to, um, to take care of both the current and our future needs of the town. And um, about four years ago, the town entered into an agreement with Marana and Metro Water to Basically, we're all going to kind of go in together, share resources, and build this infrastructure that's needed for all three of us to get more of the CAP water delivered to us. Why is that important? So, so first of all, uh, building these uh, recovery and, and transmission uh, projects, they're very expensive. I mean, if we had to uh, go alone on, on such a project to bring additional uh, CAP supplies into our service area. I mean, we're talking, you know, 50, 60 million dollars. But by partnering with our other water service providers like Metro Water and Marana, we really see the economies of scale that uh, uh, working together, we can uh, all achieve uh, our water resource goals for the, the least dollars possible. Um, this future project, this partner project, once completed, slated for roughly uh, 2024, this will allow us to deliver an additional 4,000 acre feet of CAP water to our service area. 
this is a big deal. This is in addition to the 2,600 acre feet approximately that we deliver now. And what that will do, it'll further reduce our groundwater pumping. Uh, we'll see more uh, local aquifer recovery because of the less groundwater pumping. And also that's to support the future growth. Um, and that's a big deal uh, for our aquifer, you know, uh, for the environment. Um, and it's, it's uh, 4,000 acre feet will take us to, to build out and beyond. That's great. And it's clear that this planning has been in the works for, for a long time. I mean, communities have to look ahead to how they're going to supply water to future homes and businesses. It doesn't just happen overnight. And we have access to this CAP water that we're going to take advantage of. We know that we live in a desert. And right now we're in the midst of a drought. How is this drought impacting how you are delivering water, planning for future water deliveries, and addressing some of these, uh, these significant water planning issues for our community? The most important thing we need to look at and we're doing is preserving our protecting our groundwater. It, it's, it's abundant. It's inexpensive. It's of the highest quality. And we're preserving and protecting that by delivering reclaimed water to turf customers, uh, bringing in additional CAP supplies or considered renewable resources uh, to our service area. And how are we planning for this drought? First of all, all that water we've stored in those underground storage facilities for future use. I mean, that's uh, during water shortages, that's decades of sustainability just in storage. Uh, another thing that's uh, very important uh, to realize is municipalities are a priority user of the Central Arizona Project water system. Uh, we're expecting uh, a water shortage on the CAP canal in uh, one or two years, but we're a high priority user that means if there were any cuts, I mean, we would be the last to be cut. So what's important for our, our community to understand is we're a high priority user of the CAP system. Uh, if cuts do come to municipalities, uh, we can absorb those cuts and not affect uh, deliveries. Uh, we've been storing water, you know, we're, and we're delivering water and we're preserving that groundwater for future use. Peter, we also do other things to conserve our groundwater by encouraging our users to to be mindful about how much water they use in their homes. We've got some pretty pretty cool programs to help our residents with that. You want to just describe a few of them? Uh, sure. So the, the water utility employs a one full-time staff person. It's our water conservation specialist. Uh, this person, uh, at a customer's request, will go to a customer's home and conduct what we call water audits, where uh, we look at, uh, you know, how much water the customer is using, where are they using it, are their irrigation timers set properly, are there irrigation leaks? That's available to customers. Uh, in addition, we have a program we call Water Smart, and customers can go to our website and learn more about Water Smart. Uh, you can s register for Water Smart, and it's free to the customer. And you can set uh, alarms and alerts. So if you had uh, a leakage 
and it exceeded an alarm, you, you could get a text message or an email. And it's really a, a customer ser service, a self-serve portal where the customer can take really control over monitoring uh, their water consumption. So it, with the combination of staff and, and automated methods, uh, we try to make it easy for our customers to take control and manage their, their water use. A lot of our water use is used for outside irrigation, but certainly with desert landscaping for most of our residences, it's probably a lot more manageable than, say, other parts of, of the country in terms of outdoor water use. You, this community has a very strong uh, conservation ethic, um, but even as such, when we look at the data, we still see that over 50% of residential water consumption uh, is for outdoor use. Um, and, and these are things that, you know, as, as, as we look at water resources and conservation, uh, we probably need to manage better. Uh, we, we don't believe that it, that it needs to even be that high. And what we see a lot of when we do uh, our water audits, or our customers even learn when they log into WaterSmart and look at their consumption, uh, there's a lot of uh, irrigation leaks or uh, folks forget to reset their timer uh, between summer and winter. Um, we're doing some work right now to, to message to our community and to really get a grip on just how much more could we be, be saving. And it'll be some exciting work that comes out of that and we'll message that to our community. Every year we take a look at our rates, Peter, and we obviously have to balance between the, you know, what we need from our customers and what it costs us to deliver water to maintain our pipes and, you know, pump it and, and all the things that go along with it. But we're still regionally the cheapest game in town. And, and I think that's really outstanding that we're able to keep our rates at such a reasonable level. We've got a seven-member water utility commission that helps you from a citizen perspective take a look at those rates what do they do in that process at its core the water utility commission is a seven-member citizens advisory group that represents the citizens of this community to council on important water related issues every year the water utility uh, looks at rates looks at the cost of service uh, and as an enterprise fund of the town, it's important that we do that and stay uh, financially sound. Um, the Water Utility Commission, it's a citizens advisory group, and they are uh, really a great, uh, provide a great service to, to their community and to, to council. Peter, we've talked about how precious water is here in the desert southwest. What would you say to the listeners today, our residents of Oro Valley, about what they can personally do to help ensure the long-term availability of water necessary for our community? I would say that they can do the same thing we all can do. And that is, you know, maintain our, a strong conservation ethic, use water right, wisely, uh, be informed uh, of what your town body is, is, is doing and the issues and challenges uh, placed before it. Uh, understand uh, why we need to have the, the rate increase we will need to have. Uh, understand uh, the water resource challenges and also know uh, 
that your water utility is made up of a staff of 40 water professionals uh, whose singular mission is to provide safe, uh, reliable, uh, a safe, reliable water supply uh, to this community. Uh, you know, like I had mentioned before, this community has a very strong conservation ethic. You just maintain that. Uh, be aware of how do you use water. Look at your irrigation system. Uh, you know, after plants are established, we don't need to water them three times a week. You know, just uh, maintaining that strong conservation ethic. Understanding the, uh, the, the challenges placed before uh, your water utility and your council. And, uh, and, and ask the questions and be informed. And I believe that uh, once those questions are answered, that this community will be supportive of the water utility and their mission. Um, and we'll have uh, community sustainability with respect to water resources in perpetuity. I remember you telling me that since 2006, that the amount of water that this community is using is actually going down and continues to go down, which seems counterintuitive given that we're actually increasing the number of houses by, you know, two or 300 per year. And so our population is going up. Why is that? How do we explain that? You know, Mary, we've looked into this, uh, this trend. Yes, if you look at the, uh, the water resource utilization trend, uh, for the town over the past 15 years, there's definitely a, a downward trend in consumption. And we attribute that to both intentional and unintentional conservation. What do you mean by, what so, do you mean by those two? So what intentional conservation is, you know, people just being more aware. Uh, the new houses, also the new houses that are being built, you know, they have maybe smaller yards and desert landscaping, but folks are aware of that we live in a desert environment. And Replacing and, toilets, that sort well, of thing. that's the unintentional side. Oh, interesting. Yeah, the intentional side is what do we do on purpose to okay. use less water? Uh -huh. The unintentional side is you buy a new clothes washing machine, it, it uses literally half the water of a clothes washing machine manufactured 10 years ago. Same thing with dishwashers. Um, every, you know, all the appliances have built in um, water conservation methods, the shower heads, the, the gallons per flush in your toilet. So that's the unintentional conservation. It's the, com the combination of both those that I think uh, is resulting in this lower, I'm gonna throw out a acronym there, we call it GPCD or gallons per capita per day or gallons per person per day. We're seeing this town's GPCD drop every year. Wow, that's impressive. and. And I think that goes to show exactly what you've been mentioning here about this community's dedication to a conservation ethic. Not all communities can say that. And in this community, we can sustain this community with respect to water resources in perpetuity. We know how to do it. We have the means to do it. And this community remains just as beautiful, if not more beautiful, than those that are still allowing grass and and uh, other high water uses. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, uh, this community, like I, I said several times, is a very strong conservation ethic, and uh, and they should be proud of that. And I think this community is actually a role model community, uh, not just for desert communities, but all communities. Uh, the challenge of providing 
clean, reliable water resources uh, will never go away. Uh, but we will solve those problems uh, one at, the, at a time. And our residents' wise use of water resources just makes my job a little bit easier. So thank you. Peter, I just want to thank you for taking the time today to be on This Is Oro Valley. I think it was really an informative session. Thank you, Mary. It was uh, my pleasure to be here, and I enjoyed speaking with you. I hope you've enjoyed this discussion with Peter Abraham, the Town of Oro Valley's Water Utility Director, as much as I have. And I also hope you'll continue to stay tuned for other great podcasts coming on This Is Oro Valley in the future.